Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding, and welcome to another episode of the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, the top-ranked grant writing podcast in the world. So thank you for being a listener, and thank you for being a change maker for all of the things that you do in raising capacity and funding for missions around the world. And we are definitely here to help you grow capacity, increase funding, and advance mission of the nonprofit that you're working at or the many different nonprofits that you work with if you are a freelance grant writer. And here at Grant Writing and Funding, we have a spicy belief that every single grant writer must open a business. Yes, even if that's a side hustle business, you need to be set up because you never know what's going to happen. And we really want you to take back your time while earning your first five to six figure income while writing grants, because what's that going to do for you? You're going to help more nonprofits while also creating more revenue for yourself. So you can donate to more places. You can serve on a board of directors. You can give back to your cause area and in your community and so much more. Our Freelance Grant Writer Academy helps you do that. So please jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com to sign up for our Freelance Grant Writer Academy waitlist today. And while you're there, you can grab and join our free Hub Haven, which is our portal where you can get all of our free resources on how to write grants using our grants formula, how to start a freelance grant writing business, and how to position your nonprofit for funding. So you'll get access to all of our freebies and you'll get access to our newsletter where we send out our stress-free grant writing nuggets every single week, as well as we drop our podcast link there as well. So for more, go to grantwritingandfunding.com and click on the Get Started button so you can join the Hub Haven. I am really excited today because on the show, we have Kirsten Roldan of Million Dollar CEO, Million Dollar Piece, and Million Dollar Email. She is amazing, and I actually have been working with her for over a year now. She's been my coach for marketing. And I absolutely love the way she does things. So I said, hey, Kirsten, can you please come on the podcast? Because I really believe that the way that you're teaching marketing and the way that you're teaching how to be a CEO is something all nonprofits need to hear as well. So Kirsten is a million dollar operations and email expert. She also created the only program that helps coaches and service providers make social media optional using email marketing. And that is the million dollar email program. She also created Million Dollar CEO, a mastermind for coaches and agency owners that want to enroll their first or next 100 to 1,000 clients with a scalable offer, a genius team, and powerful systems. So she is my coach around all of the programs that I have, the Freelance Grant Writer Academy and the Grant Professional Mentorship Program. And by using her systems, I've really been able to grow it so well and really be able to start scaling in, in so many ways and to just take back being a CEO of my business. So this is definitely for you, you're a nonprofit director, you're a grant writer wanting to open a business, or you're a freelance grant writer, have a grant writing agency. So what she's gonna talk about today is a lot of marketing, and all of you all need to know that marketing, right? And But the thing is, a lot of us, and a lot of the clients even that I have to like redirect or kind of go, oh, I'll just start on social media, and that's like one of the worst places to start, right? And it's also one of the worst places it'll burn you out the quickest. 
And then a lot of people think, well, I need to have like this huge email list. So she's gonna talk about, even if you have two or 100 people on your email list, how to stay in contact with those people, how often to email, and to stop doing hamster wheel campaigns and focus on an evergreen email strategy. And why I thought this is so important for you all, especially during this time of year when we're getting an end of year giving, we're getting to Giving Tuesday campaigns, all of the things. Why this is so important is because you wanna have a strategy that actually works. And she's gonna give you that strategy today. So tune in, take notes. You are definitely gonna, just apply. Please apply everything she tells you to do today because it works. And my business will show that it works as well. She's been able to make a million dollars with under 500 people on her email list. So this is something that you can do. Don't always think I have to have, you know, 10,000 people on my email list before I can actually get donors contributing. No way. You can definitely make a lot of money for your nonprofit. You can get a lot of donors. You can get a lot of interest, even with a very small email list, even with no email list. Okay, so let's go ahead and listen to her strategy today because you guys are going to love it. And please let me know if you apply anything that she says today, let me know what the results are because I know you're going to have some amazing results. (laughs) All right. So before we talk to Kirsten today, just a message from our wonderful podcast sponsor of this episode, and that is Bloomerang. Bloomerang offers donor management, online fundraising, and volunteer management software that helps small to medium nonprofits like First Tee of Greater Akron. After just one year with Bloomerang, First Tee of Greater Akron doubled their unique donors, improved donor stewardship, and raised more funds. To hear the full story, visit bloomerang.com, and that's B-L-O-O-M, erang.com forward slash grant writing podcast. And I'll also have that in the show notes today, grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 295. Oh my gosh, we're at the 295th episode. Ah, so exciting. So we're going to do something special for the 300th. So do stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe so you can hear more about that. So for all of today's show notes, including how to get a hold of Kirsten, getting on the Freelance Grant Writer Academy waitlist, and joining our hub Haven and finding more out about Bloomerang, please visit grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 295. All right, everyone, here's Kirsten. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, this is so exciting because I was just on your podcast a few weeks ago. Exactly. <laughs> it's so much fun to go back and forth and in one of your programs. So I had to have you on because I'm like, what I'm learning in your program, the million dollar email system is so amazing and changing for my business and how I'm connecting to all you change makers out there. And I'm getting so much great feedback on how my emails have gotten just more clear, communicating, relevance, all of that to really help people write grants with more ease. And it's just great that I can be clear when I sit down and communicate because I'm a writer. I love to write and this is a great way. So thank you for helping me with that clarity. I just want to get that on the table. I'm so glad you're in the program. I'm so, so glad. And I'm so glad it's been helping you. Yes, absolutely. So I was like, Kristen, you got to come, you got to talk to nonprofits. You got to talk to nonprofit consultants because What I've seen is a lot of nonprofits and a lot of consultants drop the ball on email and just people in general. And I feel like a lot of it is that imposter syndrome, not knowing what to say, thinking it's going to take a lot of time, but not understanding the power of connection with email. And for you nonprofits, that's with your donors, right? It is so much more affordable and time worthy 
for you just to keep donors engaged and keep giving than to get new donors. Like email is your way to do that, right? And for consultants, it's your way to connect with clients, right? So thank you for coming on the show. Can you just talk a little bit about a million dollar email? And then you also have million dollar systems um, just to kind of give an outline before we dig into questions today. Yes, absolutely. So my program is called Million Dollar Email and it helps primarily coaches and service providers, but we also do have people from other industries that it's just expanding the movement. The email movement has been expanding. And so it's been amazing to see like people from different industries. We're getting so many different kinds of people. And so that's cool too, which is why I'm excited to be on this podcast. But million dollar email helps people to connect with their audience and make more sales, whether it's for themselves and their businesses, or in this case for nonprofit people, it would be for their organizations. And so really just helping you connect with your audience. And also my big, the greater movement is making social media optional because email is not only the highest performing tool to use to connect and engage with your audience, but also it is the easiest (laughs) as well. So instead of having to create different kinds of social media content and keep up with trends and all that stuff. When you are busy working in your organization, working in your business, instead you could just write an email and get so much better results. And so I'm really passionate about that. And then, yes, I also, uh, help people with their team and systems when it comes to scaling their business and growing it. So all of it is to make things as easy as possible for people. That's my number one goal. Uh, And that's what we're doing. I love it. I love it so much. And I love what you're talking about as far as social media optional. And that might've caught a lot of your ears out there, or if you're viewing this on YouTube and caught your eyes, because, you know, I've seen this big movement over the last couple of years, as far as like social media optional, uh, marketing without social media, all of that. And there, because, you know, in the beginning in social media, I think a lot of us were just like, oh, free marketing, we can get out there, we can connect free nurturing. And yes, that's true. But how much of your time does it take? Is it really free? Is it really converting or just people being entertained, right? So there's a lot of work. And I know a lot of people, nonprofits and consultants, whenever you hear social media, you kind of go, oh. So email is definitely a way. Can you kind of talk, do you have like some of those stats or just like averages on like what the difference is between conversions on social media and email? So every time I give stats, I'm always hesitant Mm. because I laugh because I'm like, we blow stats out of the water in million dollar emails. I'm going to give you stats, but I want you to 10x them in my program. So for example, like one of the major stats that people talk about a lot is for every dollar you spend on email, you can make $42 back at least. Right. And so starting with the ROI potential of time and effort Mm -hmm. to the actual creating results is so high (laughs) compared to anything else. Email also has a very low algorithm, like low, I'm not getting the word right now, but basically it's a much uh, softer algorithm than something Mm -hmm. like Instagram or YouTuber or any of those platforms. It's got a much softer algorithm to manage. So you're also getting seen by so much more people. I can't remember the exact percentage, but it's wild. How Mm -hmm. many more people? I mean, if you imagine, for example, let's say you have a hundred email subscribers and you get a 50% open rate, you get 50 eyes on your email while on social media, you might only get 
three views on something, for example. So that that's why that matters. And for conversion potential, I mean, it's again, it's all going back to the energy it takes and the time it takes versus the return. Right. So you have so, so much, such a higher return on your energy. It could take you five hours to create a reel for social media, to create a video, to get the video edited, to, you know, create a, a graphic post, whatever. It could take you five hours and you'll make a sale, right? Mm-hmm. While it could take you five hours to write a few emails and you'll make double those sales. And because of the fact that you're getting more eyes on it and you're not fighting an algorithm. So I say that to say my, my clients, so the industry standard is 2%. Uh, your conversion rate is 2%. That means 2% of the people reading your emails should be buying. Like that's like the minimum conversion. My clients are in the 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 80% ranges. So mm. that's why I'm always like, the stats are nothing on us. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah, those, those are the stats for email. It's it's incredible how much more. And oh, I also just want to say, if you want to put some history on it, email has actually continued to be considered and rated the highest performing marketing technique in every industry. Wow. For decades. Yes. Whether you're Macy's or you're a nonprofit or you're Best Buy or you're the local boutique, right? That nobody knows email. Mm -hmm. Every single industry is considered the highest performing marketing technique. A lot of, you know, product-based businesses, for example, are getting on TikTok. Like you have these certain platforms that are ideal for certain businesses, but that's not the case with email, which is why it continues to be the highest performing strategy. Mm -hmm. So I just find that incredible too. That's huge because, you know, that, that crosses all strategy. And the thing is, is email might not sound like the sexy thing, like the TikTok or like, you know, but if it's survived decades and that would be going back to like Google banner ads and, you know, I mean, even Facebook ads, some people are still really into Facebook ads, but some people, it just doesn't work anymore. Right. So it's like the thing with the social media that I think burns out so many people is it changes so quickly. You don't own any of your followers, so they can just disappear into algorithm land. (laughs) Oh, they change one thing and all of a sudden you're not showing up on people's threads anymore. One of the things I heard about it too, somebody said something like social media is like trying to give a map to your house. And an email is like being inside the house, having coffee with somebody, you know, it's like, it's different, right? Something I think about too is, and the reason why I say social media optional is because I'm an email nerd all day. I will always say email above everything, but I like social media. I think it's a great tool. I think Mm -hmm. it can really help. However, I want you to have some, some cushion for trends changing on social media and not Mm -hmm. have to worry about business or funding or anything declining because of it. So if there's a new trend that your team is like taking a minute to get a handle on, I want there to be no decline in the income that's able to be generated. And that's why I'm really passionate about email is should always be the backbone of your marketing strategy. Uh, Just for in any industry, it should be the backbone of your marketing strategy for that reason, even if you're still going to use TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So you could be optional. That's what's optional. It's optional, right? So I love that. So, and then kind of like going into nonprofits now and how do they apply this, right? So looking at if a nonprofit 
has a campaign coming up, you know, or just they have year strategies that they may develop several campaigns throughout the year. And the thing I see is a lot of them just drop the ball. Maybe they send out a newsletter once a quarter. Maybe they have a welcome sequence to their donors that come on that sends out an automated email, say, hey, thank you for giving. And maybe they track that through a CRM, right, where they follow up every once in a while just to ask to donate more money when they have to kick off another campaign. But I don't see the nurturing and I don't really see the consistency. So can you kind of talk about that and what your kind of like what your mindset is on on nonprofits utilizing this tool? A few things. First, I want to start for for anyone that I've ever worked with that has a nonprofit background or is currently a nonprofit. The number one thing that we really have to start with is that people want your emails. Mm -hmm. Like, let's start there. Let's start with believing our donors want our emails. They want our emails. They want to see them every single week. That's why they're a part of this. They want our emails, right? Mm -hmm. So starting there, because a lot of times I find with clients, especially like when they have a nonprofit background, is they're afraid of being annoying to their list of people or they're, they're not they're They don't want to email too much. Cause they've been told like, don't do that. You'll get unsubscribes. And I don't want, we don't want donors unsubscribing that could cost us money. Right. Like just starting with people want your emails and, uh, it's okay. If they unsubscribe, they'll come back. Mm-hmm. So starting there, uh, then what I would say is you all are probably already growing your list in some way when it comes to nurturing people people want your emails so sending at least at least one email a week but I actually recommend three emails a week mm-hmm. and before people choke <laughs> and are like I'm barely keeping up on a newsletter a quarter right before mm-hmm. everyone chokes I want you to see how you probably already are creating content that could just be put in an email. Mm -hmm. Right. You're already, for example, maybe uh, you had mentioned this before, like people prepare maybe all year for their upcoming like fundraising gala. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like you're already preparing all this content Mm -hmm. for that gala that could easily be in your emails. Right. Mm -hmm. You could Mm -hmm. be showcasing, showcasing things in your emails that your donors want to see regularly. And I know that you mentioned like there's usually some kind of set campaigns that people run, but you can be sending content and asking for money year round, really. Yeah. Yeah. With email. That is how to get started with like just the mindset shift of people want my emails and I can actually be generating money year round. I don't have to wait for a campaign. And I would venture to say, this is just for those that need it. I would venture to say a lot of times people only email during a campaign and it's so funny. They do that to avoid annoying people, but people are usually more annoyed at a random campaign than they are a consistent email schedule. Mm -hmm. Usually a consistent email schedule is actually more like, okay, like I know that they email me every week, right? As opposed to Oh, now I'm getting a flurry of emails and blah, blah, blah. it's so interesting how we, we avoid it because we're mm-hmm. like, oh, we'll just do it only when we're campaigning. But it's like, no, people would actually probably prefer a consistent mm-hmm. email schedule from you. I love that because you're right. <clears throat> you know, people, 
it, you know, you get, oh, they're asking for money again. They're having their thing. Right. But it's, it's like, what about the rest of the year when I'm not hearing about this nonprofit? Like, why would I give to them now if I don't know what they've been doing? And I haven't seen the changes in the community or changes in the causes that they have. Right. So you're right. As far as like, every email and, and you know you could just have your your donate button at the bottom for a lot of them yeah. it's not like hard sell like give us right money, right. right totally yeah totally. it can be yeah. like hey look at we just rented this space for the gala like three months out and this is where we're gonna have it and blah, 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 we're really excited right and then your donate button on the bottom and sharing more about like and this is the impact we had this this month right you could do monthly roundups and you could do all kinds of fun things with email. Isn't it? I love about yeah, you can educate, you can educate mm-hmm. on your cause and say, you can talk about recent news updates related to your cause. I mean, there's so many different things that you could be doing to keep people in the know and to keep people consistently and sustainably donating rather than just all having to wait for a campaign and who knows how the right. campaign's going to go. And then you're stressed and then, right. And so it's like, instead you could just, I always have that. Yeah. And even if they've already donated for the year, you're keeping them updated, right? They want to know what their money is doing. So I think email, and if you say, well, we do it on social, but are they seeing it? Like we had mentioned before, how many of them are actually seeing it? And honestly, if you already have a social campaign out there, you can repurpose that for email, right? So I was going to say, if you're already creating content, just send emails of the content you're already creating. Yeah, Right. And that can really, I would love to see like nonprofits take this tip today and, okay, we're going to commit for 30 days. And I I guarantee you're going to see your donations increase. I guarantee it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know one thing we were talking about in the green room before you had mentioned a great email could be a donor spotlight. Can you kind of talk yeah. about what that would look like? Absolutely. Yeah. So different, like you can get playful with the emails you send. They don't have to be, forgive me for saying this, but they don't have to be boring newsletters that mm-hmm. are like, you know, just all one long, big newsletter. Instead, they can be really fun. You can do donor spotlights. You can do a variety of things. And yeah, one of them was uh, something I said to you in the green room was like, imagine you hosting a gala in your email, right? Like if your emails were one big gala, what would you put in it? And uh, I think that's a great example of, of getting creative with your emails. You can do so many things. Mm -hmm. And it's really just thinking like something I would recommend is one idea at a time and one idea per email specifically. Cause a lot of times when you're sending like quarterly or monthly newsletters, you're putting everything in one newsletter I want you to take your current newsletter and cut it into probably more than half, right? Just the top of your newsletter is probably a whole email. (laughs) And so that's another way that you can get consistent by using content you're already creating, but also have, uh, let me talk about why that's actually higher performing to do. Mm -hmm. So when people are like, let's imagine you have a newsletter and you have a donate button at the bottom. When people have a big newsletter with a bunch of different things, and they don't know what they're really supposed to be paying attention to, they're just going to click out of the email more than likely. Mm -hmm. While if you're giving them one gem and you're really showing them how this is incredible, how this is amazing for them, for you, for the cause, for everything, right? And then you have a donate now button. You are going to increase the conversion of that button Mm -hmm. simply because the person stayed on the email, read it all through and was convinced of the value of donating now, as opposed to it just like, 
you know, them just seeing it and being like, oh, another newsletter, this is no relevance to me. Right. Uh, and so that would be my other recommendation too, is really thinking about what what's really relevant for them, mm-hmm. uh, the people receiving my emails. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love that because, and you're right. It's so many times there's so many call to actions in an email and they send it out like once a month or once a quarter. And it's like, donate, come to our gala, get tickets, volunteer, like there's read this article, do this, do that. I've seen them. Right. Exactly. And people are like, I don't even know what to do. So I'm just going to like save this for later. I put it in an archive folder or delete it. Right. So that's what gets, you know, them there when you have too many choices, people get paralyzed, right. With not knowing what, to do. So I love that, you know, really focus on, you could have just the one thing, we're going to have a donor spotlight in this email, right. And talk about our cause donate button at the bottom. And then, you know, the next one could be, we're going to be talking about building up our gala, right. Volunteer, right. Another call to action. So keeping it really consistent on what your strategy is, right. And tying in your annual strategy or your campaign strategy with your email. And the other thing I do want to, cause I know a lot of people still, their ears are going, what you said three emails per week. Now this is, yes. <laughs> and even I was like, I mean I'm enjoying I mean email just to get, so you can give me approval to send emails. <laughs> like, no, no, no. So can you talk about that? Yeah. And mm-hmm. honestly, like, I love what you said about different call to actions per email. It's so true. That literally is just like your email strategy as a nonprofit can be donor spotlight once a week. That's one email a week. Donor spotlight, mm-hmm. donation, like a donation, uh, donate now button, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to send a donate now email every week. We're going to send a join our gala email every week. And we're going to join a read this article about the cause mm-hmm. every week, right? And so it's actually, it's funny when people think about that sounds like a lot. I'm always like, no, like it can be very simple and easy in terms of creating content. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to like I said, people want your email. So we talked about that. People want, they would prefer three emails a week and to know that you email them consistently than they would to not, right? Then they would to just get one big, massive campaign. Um, so there's that. But also I want to say in terms of the ease, because we're all busy mm-hmm. and it might maybe we're already struggling to like create that newsletter. Like that newsletter maybe is taking somebody all day, somebody on the team, it will be faster because you have a strategy because you know, I'm now doing a donate now email. I'm now doing this email. I'm now doing that email. So it'll already tighten up and get faster, but also uh, it's actually going to also get faster because you're not writing as long of emails. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're sending more, but you're not writing as long of emails. So again, your workload, it sounds like it's increasing, but it's actually decreasing for most of my clients and most of the people Mm -hmm. that I work with. So um, any other questions on the three emails a week that I'm, that I'm missing? (laughs) No, I love it. Cause you know, and then just to tell that people know I'm in the program and I've done this and it has decreased my workload and it's decreased my, oh no, I've got to send my newsletter and I've already like missed a day. It's late. And now I've got to stay up all night and work on it kind of a thing. And where am I pulling information from? Right. So it's changed dramatically where I can sit down and write seven to eight emails in an hour. And that's, and then my strategy is switched. Okay. Can I make any of these into videos for my YouTube channel? Can I make any of these podcast topics? Right. So it's generating the other content instead of social generating my email. I'm using it the other way, which is really, and then it's unifies everything. 
on talking about that's how I use it too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause I probably learned that from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I call it my email first system. I'm like, just start with emails and then you're going to have content for everything else that you want. Yeah, sure. absolutely. So I love that. And that does take me away from going, oh my gosh, people are going to want this. And you know, yes, yes, you guys, you're going to get unsubscribes, but you're going to get unsubscribes anyways. And you'd rather have people reading your emails than having a big list that just, it bounces, people aren't even subscribed and you're paying for that list, right? So yeah. that's the other thing too. Keeping active in your email actually keeps your email really clean and it also engages more people. So can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I do want to talk about that because I think this is a really big topic that um, is under talked about. A lot of times people are so scared of unsubscribes for a number of reasons. They're worried that they annoyed somebody, mm -hmm. but also they are worried that this is going to impact their income potential. And I'm telling you from years of experience, from serving hundreds of clients at this point, it doesn't, mm -hmm. it doesn't, it does not impact your income potential. Most client, I mean, I'm Negative. sure some- it doesn't right, impact negative, negative. it impacts it positively thank you no it, it yeah. i was gonna say it, it it literally it makes it so much more higher yeah. i was yeah. gonna say that thank you for bringing that up what i was gonna say is uh oh it's my thought sorry it was with uh with some lists right we might have thousands of people on our list that are doing nothing and mm -hmm. that's actually impacting our income more than anything mm -hmm. when we start sending emails more emails it naturally cleans the list of people that aren't going to donate anytime soon mm -hmm. so starting there mm -hmm. so they can join again they know where to join you're probably going to find a way to just like you grew your list before you're going to grow it again so there's that mm -hmm. uh but also you know when you're sending more emails and when you're allowing unsubscribes you're getting so much data yeah. for the emails that and your strategy and whether it's working or not. And I'm going to say something that's going to break some brains, but sometimes unsubscribes are a sign that it's actually working mm -hmm. because like I said, it's clearing people of that aren't planning on donating right now. I also want to prepare people for, I want to just prepare y'all for everything. If you get a reply back, right? Let's say you get a reply back that's like, hey, you've been sending a lot of emails recently. Like, why are you sending all these emails? Mm -hmm. You can just say, thank you so much for letting, like, or if they have something else to say about it, like, I don't like that. Thank you so much for letting us know. We appreciate your feedback. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. it can be that simple because mm -hmm. you're going to get those things. But again, yeah. you have to think about the ideal client and the ideal client, the ideal donor is the one that donates. It's yeah. the one that buys. Yeah. So why do we want anyone else on our list? Right. 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 Uh, and I think that's what we have to realize when it comes to unsubscribes. We mm -hmm. in million dollar email, people literally will put in the wins channel, got an unsubscribe, like yep. so happy, right? Because they, they, they've completely shifted their mindset on it. And my client who get unsubscribes and more unsubscribes than usual also make money more money than ever. 
Yeah. And, you know, I experienced that when I was going through the campaign when I first joined and I had a lot of unsubscribes, but, and I had some people reaching out to me going, Holly, you're sending out a lot of emails. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm sending out a lot of value because I don't want you to miss out on this. And I truly believe in that. I truly believe in my products, right? Um, That they help people write grants with more ease, that they help build up grant writing businesses with more ease and abundance. I truly believe in them. So I don't, you know, I want them to understand every aspect of it if they're interested in pursuing that, right? So I don't want them to make, oh, I'll just get this and not apply it then, right? You know what I mean? Like, so for me, it was like, I'm giving more value. And then, yeah, if if you're not going to eventually buy and you just want free stuff, like, that's not for me, right? Because this costs me money to run my business, you know, so that's part of it as well. And so I, I think there's a lot of mindset issues about that. And it with nonprofits too, but I think even nonprofits, have an easier time with with this though in a way they could because people want to support your causes it's not like you're selling products you could right. as a nonprofit but it's different you're you're talking about generating change that brings meaning to people's lives so i think you could be more standing in your value for sending out these emails right can you kind of yeah absolutely that? i was going to say yeah if you have a cause that you're passionate about it's expected for you to send a lot of emails, Mm -hmm. just like it's expected for you to show up anywhere and and talk about it everywhere you go, right? To, To further the cause. And so- I would venture to say like, to your point of it, it, it's aligned with your values. It's, it's, it's so aligned, uh, especially for nonprofits to shout it out (laughs) as much as possible, shout it from the rooftops. Uh, And so I don't think anybody would be surprised if you sent more emails. (laughs) Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Because Exactly. And because it's almost more of the opposite with nonprofits. If I'm not hearing from you, I'm really annoyed when I just hear from you from your campaigns. I get excited when I see nonprofits sending out emails that are relevant, right? Not just their quarterly emails that kind of dump everything in there, but when they're really connecting and they're out there and they're like, this is what we're doing. This is what we're about. This is what you're a part of. I'm so excited and I want to give, I want to keep giving. I want to be a part of that even more, right? So it's like, get out there, nonprofits, send out your three emails a week, right? Yeah, yeah. In campaign. And I love how you said that too, like thinking about your list, thinking about your email list as people that want to give. How mm. many people want to give and we're just not asking them. Yeah. And I think that's, I just can only imagine how much more, um, how much more money can be given, you know, than, than what's being given right now, just by sending just two more emails a week, just two more. Yeah. And you don't have to do another campaign. You guys, you don't have to plan out. You don't have to rent out a huge hotel to do a gala and think about your expenses and all of that. You can just keep promoting your donate button. That's as simple as you have connect it to PayPal, get it done. Like you can. That's a great point. Actually. Uh, that's a great point in terms of it's very low cost and high performing. Like you're going to probably get more donations at a much lower cost. Mm-hmm. than, um, than, you know, you would hosting an entire campaign and gala and all that. Oh yeah. It's, it's expensive. Five K's, all of that, oh. all the, you know, the women and manpower that goes into presenting the capacity, it's a huge, uh, stress on the nonprofit, right? So they really have to consider, is this worth it? And, you know, and, and, and email too, it can really, you know, stay connected, not just to your donors, um, individual donors, but to your sponsors, 
to all of that. And, you know, so you can still keep that brand recognition in your community. So definitely, you know, that's a great way to build that as well. Like you said, you get noticed more than even on social media. So I love that. I love that strategy. And just one more question on that, um, as far as email that I have that you really talk about a lot. And I was really attracted to the program as well, because of this is you talk about like, you don't need a big list. So some of you guys might be like, I don't have thousands of people or donors on my list though right now. How is this even, what if I only have a hundred or 50 or 300, right? What can you talk about that? Cause we, you can work with a lot of people that have extremely small list and they are still making a lot of money and connecting with their community. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I'm really, really proud of that actually. Don't let me go on a rant now because I'm very proud of it um, because I have clients who have had lo- as low as two subscribers, two wow. subscribers, and they've made sales and money uh, from their email list. And it's so interesting because I have had a few people join million dollar email that told me they were denied um, from certain programs and certain opportunities because their list was mm-hmm. below a thousand people. Yeah. And I was like, my list is, isn't at a thousand people. And just for some context, I have a million dollar business and my yeah. list is a thousand people. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And so when I heard that and it started to be like, at first it was just one person, but then another person told me that. And another person told me that I was just like, there are really people out here saying that you need a massive list. I just didn't think it was as big of a problem as I thought it was because I've always had a very small list. So for me, for context, I have less than a thousand people. I have just over 700 now. Um, but I built my business with 50 people and then a hundred people. It was a slow burn. It took me years to even get to 700. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in business almost four years now. And so, uh, I've always had a very, very small list and I've always just had a very high conversion because I know how to use email and sell to my clients. And so when I say you only need two people, (laughs) two people, that's my new, I was like, oh no, she shouldn't have said that. She shouldn't have said she only had two subscribers because now she's going to be be on my poster. (laughs) But two people, and then I have another person, 10 people, another per that, you know, has been making money, another person, 50 people. I mean, we are, all of us have small lists. And I'm, the reason why I'm quoting that is because some people would consider uh, it big. Like I have some people with 6,000 people on their list. That's technically still considered small. It's yeah. under 10,000. Yeah. But they're not converting as much as the people with a hundred. Right. right. When they join, when they join yeah. they're like, that's why they join. Cause they're like, I yeah. got this big old list and I'm not converting. And so mm-hmm. I just want to say, if you have a huge list and you're not converting, or if you have a very small list, you could be converting so much higher, um, just by writing better emails. And yeah, I'm really, really, I'm realizing how passionate I am about it. I like want to go on a campaign and say, you can make a lot of money with a small email list. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because when I found out my clients were getting denied from places and things, I was like, oh no. And it's a shaming (laughs) thing in the industry. Oh, you have less than that, or you only have that. It's like, you know, it's very much a shaming thing. And because I think for years, it's all about grow your list, grow your list, grow your list. And then they have like this online, 
25% open rate is good. And then a 3% conversion of the 25% open rate. Like they have like this whole like formula yes. that doesn't even make sense. And then we make that our benchmark, which is entirely too low. And then that's very low. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's so, why I'm always, I mentioned before, I'm hesitant about stats because I'm like, it's too low. 25%, yeah. 2% is not enough. You need yeah. to be making more. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. And it's, you know, so I love that. So just, to say that again, you got 700 people on your list and you're a million yes. dollar agency. Yes. So that's like for a lot yeah. of people, because you guys, you don't need a million donors. You don't need a thousand. You don't even need a hundred. You could have two and you can be making right income from those donors, from those, you know, in your nonprofit consultant, from your clients out there, all of the work if you're selling VIP days or you're selling other types of days done for you services, right? Um, that you can, you can do totally sell through email and you do not need a huge list. And a lot of times I don't even see people like that. They have huge lists. They don't even have that many followers on social media and they're okay with that. Cause they're like, I'm making money from my list and that's where I communicate more. So is that, was that kind of your strategy too? You're like, I'm going to get really good at email and I'm going to really communicate. And I'm not going to worry about how many people I have. I mean, I know you still like, you know, you're out there getting um, people on your list, but that's not maybe the main thing. It's more about nurturing your list. I don't like that people are joining. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Because I made a million in sales mm -hmm. with just under 500 subscribers. Wow. Last year, I had under 500 subscribers. I made a million in sales. And I'm laughing and I'm saying I don't like people joining my list because I'm like, no, 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 I don't want a big list. Okay. <laughs> I want to be the small list person. Right. So I'm like, stop joining my list. So to say that I'm not trying to grow my list is an understatement. <laughs> uh, it's, it's true. I'm, I'm actually, uh, I, not that I'm against growing my list. Of course, I'm always sending people to my email list, of course, right, but right. Um, I don't have any major efforts on it. I don't have like lead generation efforts at this time right now. I'm sure we will throughout the year, but, uh, because I'm like 700 is plenty. Like it's mm. just plenty. I really think that. And I'm just, I've always thought that when I had a hundred, when I had 50, I was like, this is plenty. I only want five clients. I only want 10 people or whatever. <laughs> uh, and so I just think it's plenty to hit my goals. And that's my mindset with it is like 700. That's a lot of people. I mean, yeah. that's a lot. Some people don't even get that at the events that they do and things yeah. like that. And I'm just, uh, so I'm more so thinking, how can I convert even more of yeah. my email. Yeah. It's always interesting. Like even when I do new events, if I do a new webinar, a lot of times I'm more focused on getting my current email list on the webinar than I am new people on the webinar for them to join my email list. If that makes sense. Like yeah. I would rather more email, more subscribers that I currently have get on my webinar so that I can convert them than, than like new people just yeah. to grow my list. Um, so that's, that's my approach and my, I love on that. It. I love that so much. And I love that, you know, and I heard you talking about this on another, you have your own podcast as well, which we're definitely dropping in the show notes. Um, and you talked about, you know, imagine if you had 300 people on your email list and then you had 300 people that you were speaking in front of. 300 yeah. people is a lot when you put it in that way. Because a lot of people, oh, 300 on an email list, that's nothing or whatever. There's that kind of, you know, the kind of stigma. But if you really look at it like, no, that's a lot of people. And if you guys out there, your nonprofits, if you can have 300 people donate to your nonprofit, right? And do it every year where they're donating and, and increasing a little bit over time, right? 
that can be a huge money for your nonprofit. A lot of funding that's sustainable, that you don't have to worry about grants ending at certain times or having to be in restricted guidelines for how you can spend grants. So this is really a wonderful way to utilize this. So I, I love this. I love that you came on and you talked about your passion and, you know, and, and talked about how it can really help nonprofits because it will. I really believe that. So I can't wait for nonprofits to go out there and nonprofit consultants. I know we didn't talk about a lot about that today. Maybe we'll have to have you back on to talk about that specifically. Yes, totally. That totally. Too. Yes. But um, where can people find you so they can find out more about this strategy? And you also do systems development. You do, you know, systems and email. So where can they find out more about you and how to, what your programs are all about? Absolutely. You can uh, learn more about me on my website. So www.kirstenroldan.com. That's my name, just kirstenroldan.com. And it has all the information about Million Dollar Email, as well as my mastermind, uh, which is, it's a coaching program called Million Dollar CEO, uh, which is all about team and system strategy. So yeah, that's go there and you can join my email list there. I'll, I'll welcome you. I know I said, I'm trying not to grow, <laughs> to grow my list. But I'll welcome you. You can join my email list. <laughs> I'll allow it. Shall you can join my email list. Yeah. Yeah. You can join my email list over there and see how I email, uh, and just enjoy the content that you're getting. So I talk lots about email team systems and mindset. Uh, that's my, that's my passion. So yes. And we didn't even get into that part. So I'm definitely gonna have to have you back on because we're going to talk about, I wanted to talk about the systems too, but there's so much about email. I want you guys to really leverage um, this year, right? Um, because donors, what we're finding in stats is donors are um, giving, you know, your current donors are where you want to target. New donors are harder to come on right now because, you know, the economy, all the things going on. And I'm not saying that it's impossible because it's not, they will totally come on, but it's still, the, you're seeing higher um, conversions and people giving more money that are already current donors. So we want to really leverage email for that. Um, but if you guys are also looking at like, I know uh, the great resignation or the, you know, the great redistribution, as I like to call it, if you're looking at a lot of turnover, Kristen has great program for your systems, right? To automate things, to streamline. This can be a great way for you executive directors to really think about how do I restructure right now, especially with um, all of the hiring issues and all of the things. Maybe it's not a hiring thing. Maybe it's an automate thing, right? Yeah, Maybe you can get absolutely. Right that way. So yeah, so true. Maybe you don't need a new hire like you think you do, or you can have the, a current team member in a way better role because you have more automation, uh, doing, you can have people doing, um, more for your company, but just with better systems. Awesome. So, all right, for all of that, definitely jump in the show notes and check out those links. Thank you so much, Kristen, for coming on the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast. So much fun having you here. Thank Happy you time. so much. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank I'll you see so you later. Much. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode with Kristen Roldan of Million Dollar Peace, Million Dollar Email, and Million Dollar CEO. You're definitely going to want to grab all of the links today. Go over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 295 so you can find out more about Kristen. You can also get on the Freelance Grant Writer Academy waitlist. You can join our Hub Haven so you can get all of our freebies and be on our email list. And you can hear more about Bloomerang, which offers donor management, online fundraising, and volunteer management software. And it's also the podcast episode sponsor today. Thank you, Bloomerang. And if you love this podcast episode, please do me a favor. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And would you do me a favor? Please leave a review or rating or both 
on your podcast player. That really does help other people find the podcast, and we really appreciate it and love reading every single review. All right, good luck on your Giving Tuesday campaigns as you, as you start to ramp up as we're just getting into November. All right, I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.